Dr. Alan Leica here, and I'd like to welcome you to How to Live a Fantastic Life Show, where we will be discussing the important aspects of your life. We hope to inspire you to live the best life you can. Get out of your comfort zone and explore the awesome world around you. Break through your barriers. Take inspired action. Use the difficulties in your life to achieve the best version of you. Ladies and gentlemen, our next guest is visiting us from Wales, United Kingdom. Her name is Amy Sinha, and she's an artist who has been performing since the age of six when she sang her first song, Somewhere Over the Rainbow. She studied classical piano and singing and developed an intimate love affair with jazz in her teens. Amy experienced some rare medical conditions during her childhood, being declared as only one of five children like her in the United Kingdom at that time. But despite this, Amy went on to get, graduate from Leeds College of Music with a BA honors degree specializing in jazz. In the latter part of 2019, Amy decided to embark on a sidestep career in doing voiceovers. In 2021, Amy won a place on the Welsh Business Growth Accelerator Program, where she went on to win the Accelerator Award. Welcome, Amy. Thank you so much for having me. I've been very excited. <laughs> Maybe you can tell us about your childhood when you were diagnosed with this rare disease. What was that all about? Yeah, so it kind of, I think it was a gradual process. So when I was about one year old, my parents noticed that I wasn't moving much and I would sit in one place and they saw white in my eyes. And we were in India at the time. That's where my parents are from. But I was born in Wales in the UK. So we came back and the doctors said that I had cataracts in both my eyes. So I had to have an operation, but at that time they didn't know if I would be blind when the cat tracks came out. But luckily I did retain a small amount of vision, um, but that also meant that I had to have massive style glasses that I was wearing from the age of a year and a half. And because it wouldn't stay on my head, they had to tie it with string so, which probably wasn't a good luck, a good look, sorry, for a, a child. But um, after that, I kept burning my hands and nobody really understood why. So when I was in school, I'd come back and I'd have blisters all over my hands. And I was diagnosed with that rare condition called um, sensuneuropathy type 2, um, which means that I can't feel hot or cold anywhere throughout my body, um, only in my mouth. So I, yeah, I kept on hurting myself. I can't feel physical pain either, unless it's deep within as physical pain, as in when say you have a scissors and you swipe it across your skin. I can't feel that unless it makes a big infection 
that I can feel. So I got into a lot of um, <clears throat> stripe <laughs> when I was uh, when I was a small child, um, and healing is very hard as well. So I'd walk around with bandages on my hands. I'd scratch my face. Uh, my mum used to put bandages on my hands before I'd go to sleep. Otherwise, I'd wake up. Um, um, not, <laughs> not very nice to see as a you know looking in the mirror. Um, well, you yeah, certainly so. had to come over across a lot of things, and that probably led you to a life where you had to be very careful with everything you did. Absolutely. So again, my parents had to make sure there was nothing on the floor, you know, when the pins would, would cut me or things in the kitchen, I'd, I'd use a peeler. And then I didn't know, but I'd cut myself right on my hand um, until I saw the blood, you know, obviously I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel it. So yes, throughout my whole life, I've had to be extra careful, but it's very hard because I, I guess people take their feelings for granted. So if they go by a radiator, you touch it, you know it's hot. But I have to be aware that the radiator, I don't know if that's on or off. So it, I, and if I touch it by mistake, and then weary, oh no, even now, I touch the kettle thinking, did I touch the kettle? Did I not touch the kettle? Having to look in my hands going, are they burnt? So it, uh, it, it's kind of a constant. It, it is difficult. <laughs> You must use, you know, you always have to use your other senses to tell you when something's hot or not. And, and so it, it is a different way of you exploring the universe than somebody else exploring the universe. Exactly. And I think um, that's where, because I can only feel in my, on my lips. So I'm it's probably not hygienic, but the only way to test if a radiator is on is to put my mouth close to the radiator so I can feel the heat. Uh, and that's a way that I that I do it, or if somebody's hot, they go, oh, they forget that I can't feel the text, their temperature, so I have to kiss them. <laughs> they, they make fun of me, going, kiss my head. <laughs> Interesting. So you fell in love with music at a very early age. How do you think you got that passion? Well, I've got two older sisters, and I think we kind of explored it together. We'd always used to sing. My mum was very into listening to records. This is going back now. <laughs> Quite some time ago, we had, you know, on the record player, uh, we'd just play, um, they, she'd play Indian music, and my older sister would love rock music. She's about eight years older than me. So I got into different styles of music at a very young age, and Monica was my older sister. So she entered me and my other sister in my first talent competition. And then we just started singing together. And then I think when you, when you start being musical at that age, it kind of just grows in you. And then everything you do, you know, is all about music and singing and playing different instruments and just listening to music on the radio or on record player. And your favorite music was you were a singer, but yeah. you also became a pianist and you loved jazz. That was yeah. your area of expertise, was it not? It was, but it was a gradual, it was a gradual step. I didn't know it was jazz at a time because when I was watching those old movies, obviously they're just movies and they're just singing and you don't think of what actual, well, as a child, I didn't think of what actual genre that was. And then only as I got older towards probably about 16, did I realize what that type of music was, which I actually, you know, loved so much. Excellent. You know, 
I've always, I'm always intrigued by artists and what motivates them. What motivates you, Amy? <laughs> um, you know, I, th- I hear, this might sound a bit mad, um, but I hear things in my head all the time and it's usually lyrics to songs. And I pick up, I think one of my gifts was memorizing songs very quickly. So words would stick into my head. So when it's on the radio, when I'm not even thinking about it, it it kind of, I I keep singing it or the words pertain in my head. So literally throughout the day, I don't even realize it. I wake up and I hear lyrics and the lyrics that I hear in my head is what keeps me going. I know that probably doesn't, most people probably won't understand that, but um, that is what motivates me. It's the lyrics inside my head that, that telling me, you know, that just gives me like a lesson for the day. So I wake up and I hear certain things and it's like, okay, I'm going to navigate that on my, on my day ahead. Great. That, that's, that's interesting. Now, do you produce lyrics as well as just listen to them? I do write lyrics. Yes. Um, I like to write poems as well. Um, yeah, <laughs> I like to test myself, but I do write songs. I write songs as well. Okay. So, so it, it comes naturally to you. It, it's like a playtime to you that these songs and words and music all come together. It is. It is. I think the, the words, the lyrics come first. I like rhyming. I'm big on rhyming and I like to pick a subject and see if I can make a poem out of it. And then if it moves me, I'll then go back to the piano and then see if I can put a melody to it and make it into a song. You know, I find two of the greatest drivers in life are fear and laughter. Mm-hmm. What is your biggest fear? Oh, my biggest fear. I think it is <laughs> probably the same as a lot of people's fear. It is death, but it's not dying in the sense of just dying. It's dying in the sense of I only have one life being Amy. And when I'm dead, I'll never be Amy again. So I do believe in reincarnation, but I know that even when I'm reincarnated, I won't be me ever again. So I think that that is my biggest fear. Nothing I can do anything about. But yeah, that is that is it. <laughs> if you're afraid of death, do you try to live your life to the highest order every day? Do you try to do the most you can every day? Because I try one I thing try. we can never, you know, we can't go to the past, the past. Yeah always gone. We can't go to the future. The future is not here yet. But the only thing we can control is today. So if we control today and live it to its utmost, there there can't be any regrets. Absolutely. Yeah, no, totally. I think, um, but as I've grown older, I've kind of gotten to that point. Before I used to live with a lot of regrets going, oh, if I only did this, what happened? What if? And, and that I used to get depressed a lot, my emotion you know, up and down. And, and I think that caused the biggest depression was the what ifs of life. And I think when you realize that you can't change, as you said, you can't go to the past, you can't do anything about it. It is moving forward, living in the present moment and doing what you can 
you know, so there are no regrets. I think, but if you work through that, I think I've worked through that now. So looking back, I have no regrets because it was at the time I did the best that I could with what was going on. And I don't regret anything that I do. I try and live to my fullest. Um, easier said than done when when you're facing a lot of challenges and, and you know, <laughs> the day has a lot of obstacles to it. But I do try and give myself a purpose and um, live to that purpose. So I don't feel like, you know, I've wasted the days or, or the weeks. Yes, exactly. So what is the thing that makes you laugh the most? I love comedy. I do love to laugh. And I think that's actually what gives me purpose. So throughout everything, even in childhood, I would always watch, you know, comedy shows or um, anything that would find funny, like Friends, the program, the show or Frasier. Even now, I watch it every time I feel depressed. I put it on because I know that will that will make me laugh. Um, I tell myself jokes. I can keep myself entertained for hours laughing to myself because I, I, I do believe that you can either be, you know, in a happy place or you can be in a sad place. And being in a sad place quite a lot of my life, I do prefer to be in that happy place. Um, it makes me feel better. So I do do anything I can to make myself laugh. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Do you tend to go to the dark side, to that sad side sometimes? I do. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I make myself because I think if I just get it out, then all of that, I can I can start again. So if I'm feeling down, things haven't gone my way, I will because I used to never cry. I never used to cry. I used to keep my emotions bottled up. And then there came a point when I was just like, I, I can't do this because I'm just that, that's when you get really, really depressed, that it's harder to lift yourself out. But if I just allow myself that maybe an hour, two hours to feel really down, to cry the next day, I'll, I'll be better again and more in a happy place. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> the music you've chosen, jazz, also has sad moments and happy moments. And I, it's interesting that you chose that as your music of choice because mm -hmm. it embodies all of that and you can bring all of that out in the music that you love. Yeah. I think with jazz, it's easy to find what mood you're in. Um, you can relate that. You can put something on. So if you're depressed, you can put something that's really sad. But, um, and then if you're happy, put something really up-tempo that, that just makes you feel good. But I think jazz, the reason that I liked jazz to begin with when I was younger was because it was so complicated and the whole complexities matched how I was feeling at that time. The older I've gotten, I think my mind has become more simple where I've made it simple. I don't want to be complicated anymore. I don't want to think that I'm complicated because then that makes my world complicated. And actually, you know, I'm actually quite simple. What you see is what you get. Um, and, and, but it, it's taken time to come to that point. But again, I don't regret. I don't regret those moments because it's led me to, to where I am right now. Excellent. So what is the next thing that's going to be your accomplishment? I know you're going into voiceovers. Is that yeah. your next mountain to climb? It is. Yes. So everything that I do, I love to give 100% because then I don't, you know, I don't see the reason to do it. So I give 100% into everything. So I did 
start this voiceovers towards the end of 2019 and it was a completely new for me so even though I talk a lot and I've talked on radio shows and with my music um but I think these voiceover is a different type of talking and it's a speciality and it's a skill but I kind of use my singing technique in with this to do the different accents to do the different styles of of voiceovers and I want to become excellent at the voiceovers and yes this is my mountain to climb so it's not going to be easy I know this and it might take a lot of time but I'm committed and I shall do it <laughs> I think you're a bit of a natural at doing voice and voiceovers you know your voice is alluring it has a different quality than others and your Welsh accent is also something that's unique so I think all those things bring something to a, a a voiceover that other people cannot. Oh, thank you very much. I think, um, yeah, I mean, when you're a singer, you want to find that kind of something that will differentiate yourself from everybody else. But it's hard because there's so many singers out there. And it was, and I think the one thing that put me, just made me go off being a full-time professional musician was the fact that it's a constant competition against other people and I felt that I was being judged a lot and again that was that would bring my mood down so being in the music industry I think made me depressed a lot I mean it gave me a lot of highs but it gave me a lot of lows as well but with the voiceovers I don't take it so personally I don't know why and people can criticize me and that's actually okay. I will take it on board and move with it. So I think this, for me, it's a bit more of a healthier direction to go in. So I'm not competing. I'm just competing for myself, not with other people. Um, so thank you for, for saying that. <laughs> you're, you're quite welcome. So do you like to read books? I love reading books. So I never used to read books before because of my eyesight. But after I graduated, funnily enough, when I came back, I just wanted to read everything that I could possibly could. And now I, I love to read. Yeah. <laughs> what are your favorite books to read? Oh, um, you know, I love and I, and I know this is really general, but I, I do love reading everything. I think there's a time in my mood. But now, right now, I'm really into reading thrillers and Agatha Christie. So I've read about four or five Agatha Christie books in the past couple of months. I love thrillers. I love the the kind of working out who did it and, you know, kind of finding that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really into that right now. Excellent. Uh, if you could find time to travel, where would you want to go and see? Time to travel. Oh, um, hmm. I think that I would really like to go to Egypt. I love history. Um, and I would love to see the pyramids. Um, I love, I'm, I'm kind of fascinated how they were built in the first place. I have a lot of these theories, you know, about how it came to be and, how aliens actually existed before we did. And, um, you know, so, yeah, I, I would love to go to Egypt. <laughs> you know, Egypt is one of the most amazing countries in the world. I've had the pleasure of being there three times. Oh, wow. 
I was a guest of the state on two of them because as a medical doctor, I was invited to teach the medical residents on how to do dermatology. So it was something I was very proud of doing and something that I gave a lot of time doing. And it was beautiful because I'd teach the residents in the morning and then we'd go exploring in the afternoon mm-hmm. and going and seeing the rest of the country at that time. And on one of those adventures, I was able to bring my daughter and her husband. And that was an amazing time. So we really had a great time doing that and, and seeing Luxor and seeing the places where the, the pyramids were, were amazing mm-hmm. things. And, uh, you know, it, it truly is, uh, awe inspiring to go to that culture. But what's even more important is to meet the people, you know, mm-hmm. uh, we have, images of how people are in our minds but you know people are people the world over and the very fact that you can communicate people brings down those barriers and makes people realize that uh yet we aren't that much different no matter who we are and where we live and that's the experience i got from egypt and i have some of the greatest friends and memories from the times that i spent there Wow, that's amazing. That's absolutely true. I think people may speak in different languages, but we're all human. And I think people, some, some people forget that uh, when they, when they think about other people from other countries and other cultures. And I think it's great, as you said, to mix with other cultures and other people because you have a different perspective, uh, maybe on the same situation or, you know, and, and it's nice to have different perspectives. On things because it opens up your own mind and I think that's the only way growth just as a whole will you know will come exactly so what is it about your career choice that you're most passionate about um career choice I think I love words <laughs> I love words and I love being able to express with words how I'm feeling and what's going on. And I think it makes me understand if I wasn't able to speak or see even that little bit um, or hear, because I am losing my hearing (laughs) for the loud music, but it does make me appreciate, you know, how we communicate with other people. And that's why I love words. And I think that Without words, without being able to communicate, we'd feel kind of locked and not free. I think the freedom will be gone. I know people see freedom as, as it's all relative to different people, but I see freedom as being able to express myself. And I think that's, that's what it is with my career choice and music and just words in general. That, that's a beautiful expression. Now, Amy, we're almost at the end of our time together, and I always like to end the show with a couple of questions. Mm -hmm. First one is, how do you live a fantastic life, Amy? (laughs) Well, as I said, I like to laugh, and I think laughter has to come into your day at some, you know, at some point to, to make everything worthwhile and I try and I try and focus on the present and I try and give 100% to the day rather than thinking so far ahead. 
That's beautiful. How do you think others should live a fantastic life? Well, I'm not here to sit in judgment of other people. But as I said, I think if you try to be non-judgmental about other people um, and their situations and focus more about yourself and how to improve yourself um, and, and how to react to other people, I think you'd probably be in a bit more of a happier place. Excellent. Now, if you met a younger version of yourself on the street, what advice would you give that younger person? Gosh, (laughs) Um, I would probably tell them to relax. Um, I used to take, oh God, every little thing, I'd blow it up into a massive event. And so I would try to explain that everything is always going to be okay, no matter what, even if you think that it's not going to be okay, it will be okay. And to just live your life as freely and do everything that you want to, because time goes very, very quickly. And you don't, as you said, don't want to regret the things in the past. Excellent. Amy, how can people find out more about you and your life? Well, I have a website at amysinha.com, which is S-I-N-H-A, and everything's on my biography. You can see pictures of when I was six years old up until most recently, or I'm on all social media platforms. So come say hello. I'd love to have a conversation. Excellent, Amy. Well, Amy, thank you for being here today. And I'm going to thank all our listeners as well for being here today. And Go to my website, Dr. Alan Lyka, that's D-R-A-L-L-E-N, Lyka, L-Y-C-K-A, and sign up for a golden pearl that I'll deliver to your inbox every Tuesday. I want you to have that so you can have a fantastic life like Amy and I have. Bye for now. Have a fantastic day. You've been listening to How to Live a Fantastic Life. Be sure and pick up a copy of Dr. Leica's book, The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life, on Amazon.com. And you'll want to subscribe right here on this page so you don't miss a single episode. Have a fantastic day. Fantastic.